Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Oh, yeah, I shut that music off really quickly. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game of Thrones recap, Season 4, Episode 6, The Laws of Gods and Men. I'm Phil the Issues Guy. I also borrowed a ton of money off the Bank of Bravos, and they're thinking about funding uh, competitive uh, podcasts, but I'm not quite sure. And I was riding the back of a dragon, killing little children all over the place, man. <laughs> oh God! I don't think it killed, it, and they spared the the child's life. It knows the difference between human and. Are animal. we sure about that? I I thought I thought the child got killed. Didn't he bring the remains of his child in there? No, I I think a shot. It went for the goat. It likes goat meat. Yeah, it wasn't going for the kid, but I think the kid died in a collateral damage of a of the nuclear nuclear dinosaur to steal a term from somebody else. Well, anyways, guys, I'm Phil, the issues guy. This is the post episode issues. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time, please hit the subscribe button and please comment away on what you thought of this week's episode of Game of Thrones or any of the stuff we have to say. Uh, join in the fun if you're in the chat room right now. Join the discussion and pop on in. Tell us what you thought, and we'll try to get to your questions before the end of the broadcast. Huge show, a lot of amazing stuff happened tonight, great Tyrion episode. We we were hungry for Tyrion, I was also hungry for a little bit of Varys, it was also an amazing Varys episode, lots of awesome shit happened, but I feel like it was almost like the stuff that happened at the very beginning of this episode, There's a, it, it was interesting from beginning to end, but I felt like it was all just the the precursor, all just the appetizer for getting to Tyrion. It was. The episode was all about Tyrion. It was, it was... Uh... Everything, everything before the trial was all kind of just filler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we did get to learn more about Danny's dragons and learn stuff about Stannis and stuff like that. But for the most part, it really the the stuff that really moved me and the stuff I couldn't get enough of in this episode was the Tyrion. It could have been a whole episode of that, a whole episode of the trial, and I would have been happy. Yeah, I think they just had to remind us about Stannis's uh, plight right now, where he stood, how much army he had left you know that's why that's what the whole stannis and and uh davos thing was about Th that being said it, this was one of my favorite stannis episode moments like i enjoyed stannis in this episode i thought he was funny i th think when he's with davos and away from the whole melisandre and his family stuff i like stannis and davos they play again it's another one of these uh an element that pops up a lot in Game of Thrones of an interesting pair. And him and Davos are just an amazing contrast, odd couple kind of relationship. You know, Stannis well, this is, is a, this is also a um a big this isn't in the this isn't something that is in the books. And this is something that, you know, is really humble humbling to Stannis. I mean, I don't see any of the other kings of Westeros going to the Iron Bank themselves all the way to Bravos and saying, give me money. Stannis is sitting in front of a, a, a triumvirate there at the table, begging them for cash, saying, you know, I'm going to win this war. And they kind of lay out the harsh reality to him that you have only 4,000 men, 32 ships. You got nothing. Yeah. So we can get right into it, right to the Stannis part. And we'll get to our foreplay leading up to talking about the Tyrion trial. And we open to a boat sailing with ominous music, and Stannis and Davos and crew are sailing across the sea to Bravos. We see one of the giant statues, which is really cool, really awesome visual as they were uh, approaching the city. It was uh, really beautiful stuff, uh, shot well, good CG or good whatever practical stuff that they were doing there. It, it looked awesome for, especially for it a show, for an HBO show. Again, it, it the they're really getting the most out of their production dollar for this for this show. Now. Uh, now we get the feeling like Davos and Stannis have been waiting for a long time. They're they're sitting waiting for the bankers and they're just kind of like waiting for the cable guy to show up to we, fix your we stuff. We don't just get the feeling. He comes straight out and says we've been waiting here half the day. We've been standing in this room waiting for them. Yeah. And uh, finally, after a long time, because Stannis is just he's been like you said, been waiting there for midday. He, he 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 can't just be sitting around here. This isn't the way things go. And Davos tries to tell him a story about how, well, people over here in uh, Bravos, they look at time a little bit different. You know, I had a buddy, uh, a farmer buddy or whatever he was saying. No, Salazar's on the, the guy he goes and sees later. He's oh. about to tell him some 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 story of the times that. They had together and or some misadventure doing something uh, illegal and he remembers who he's talking to I, again Davos from the like poor back alleys never had anything fully you know lifted himself up by his bootstraps to become a lord and hand to the king you know 
what's left of his hand of the king. But Stannis didn't want to see it, though. He just he gave him a look like, well, I don't want to hear your stupid story. Yeah. And, and, and he knew he forgot who he was talking to for a second. You know, he was trying to calm him down. He's forgot he was talking to his king, not just another person that's going to be like, oh, you did illegal stuff. But that's just the nature of Davos. He's just seems to be the type of guy that he's going to tell you like it is, whether you're a king or whether you're a peasant from Flea Bottom. He doesn't care. He's he's just going to he's a straight shooter, as they say. That's what Stannis likes about him. Yeah. Or it's probably why ultimately Stannis keeps him around, not just because Melisandre told him. I mean, it's got to be something like, oh, that guy just oh, I just hate that guy. But he keeps him around because he keeps him on his toes. So eventually the bank guys from Bravos come out to face Stannis and they're like, welcome to the Iron Bank. Please sit down. And Stannis looks apprehensive, uh, kind of giving them the why the hell did you make me wait? And they're like, well, it's more than it's more than that. He's being told to sit. He's used to being on the other side of the table, telling people to sit down, not being told to sit down. And that's when Davos reminds these guys of that. You're talking to the, you know, and he gives them the whole line of, this is the uh, this is the real king. And they're like, no, 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 actually, Tommen's in the king. And, uh, and they're like, no, no, Tommen's a child of incest. He's a bastard of incest. And they're like, we heard the story. We don't care. Uh, Grandpa says that, uh, <laughs> Grandpa Tywin says, it's just a jealous uncle causing the kingdom money and blood when uh trying to take the th- take the throne and then they're basically like you got a claim uh you say words like usurper and honor and and why you deserve to be the king but it doesn't really matter to us all that matters to us is money it's again it's almost like Watto from uh talking the to Anakin. yeah all that matters is the money jedi these guys are <laughs> these guys are very ferengi too like right, all- i was just about to say that i was just about to yeah say all that. they care about is the money all they care and and the, and they go go they extend that to be like the only thing that really matters the only thing that tells the truth is the money everyone has a story the numbers don't lie and i think i I think that has that's the biggest thing we can learn from these guys, the Bank of Bravos guys, that all they care about is the numbers. And they say, listen, Stannis, uh, kind of what Joe was referring to earlier. You have 4,000 men, 32 boats uh, since you got you, since you got your ass kicked in the black water. Uh, now, how do you feed those guys? How do you guys make money? It suddenly turns into an episode of Shark Tank. And one of the guys are like, no, now how are you going to pay us back this money we're going to give you? Where <laughs> it's we, exactly what it was. Where are we going to make our profit? Uh, sorry. Sorry, I'm out. I'm out. And, and that's basically what they say. We're we're out. Yeah, and then Davos stands up and hands him that big speech, shows off his little nubs. Yeah. And, like, you know, he may not he may not have it now, but he will pay it back. Stannis pays his debts. He's the one honorable man left in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you buy that? Is Stannis the one honorable man left in the world? Mm, not, not, not since he slept with Melisandre. You know, I mean, obviously his wife doesn't care that he slept with Melisandre or wouldn't care the way she creams after Melisandre herself. (laughs) She wishes Melisandre would give her some. Yeah, yeah. And then that's true, too. He also burned, you know, his wife's wife's uncle at the stake. And uh, he's not he he hasn't been acting too honorable. Like how's he compared to honor to someone like Jon Snow? Isn't Jon Snow the most honorable man around right now? Yeah. When we say that, when we say Jon Snow's probably, whatever, but he's the bastard son of Ned Stark, so no one gives a shit about I'm him. Trying to think of who else might be as honorable, and the only other person that really comes to mind is like Tyrion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So Davos basically says what Joe was saying there. He uh, says Stannis pays his debts, and he's your only real chance. Listen, you, how old is uh? You're relying on Tywin Lannister here. How old's Tywin Lannister? And I think he says sixty-two or something like that. And he's like Tywin Lannister. When he's gone, what are you gonna get? What What do you have left there? You got a king that's like six years old. No, that's like thirteen years old in this world. You have uh, a dumbass in Cersei that doesn't know shit, and then you have you have the Kingslayer, another dumbass. What 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 are you gonna do? Stannis is the only man you can count on. And I see his point there. Davos is making a very good point there, because really, what are they going to lean on once once uh once Tywin's gone? Okay. Now that being said, people do live older than sixty two. Look at the Meisters, Meister Aegon and Meister Dickwad in <laughs> King's Landing. You Pizel. know, like Pizel. people do live pretty old, and Tywin can go back to Lannisport or relaxing King's Landing for a while if the bank 
doesn't continue to fund tennis. Yeah. You know, like they're 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 hedging both sides of the of the bet here because they know that if Stannis does take the throne, it's the throne that owes all that money still too. So Stannis's debt is going to be twice what it is, not just the money he borrowed, but the money that is his bastard nephews owe to the bank already. Where's the profit? Where's the profit? The sharks aren't making any profit here. So sorry. Oh, they're going to make plenty of profit out of this. They win either way. You know, the bank always wins is what it comes down to. So and we, what it also does is it is it furthers the war, it f- furthers uh, Tywin losing more troops if this war continues also, weakening the throne, making it less likely that they'll be able to turn around and say, you know, screw you, Bravos, we're going to invade and burn the city so we don't have to pay you back. So after this, we go to uh, a bathhouse. And we get our nudes for the night. <laughs> our, our obligatory, we need some nude people on Game of Thrones oh, part. Yeah, we needed it. And and uh, we get the man that Davos was talking about telling a story. Oh, and, hold on. That being said, there hasn't been a lot of titties this season. No, that's why they had to fit it in. They're like, we, right. They're like, there we, hasn't been a whole lot. There's a couple of Ober, Oberon, Oberon, Oberon scenes, but, you know. We needed some more. Yeah, we needed. They needed to throw it in. They're like, oh, you know what? We, Dragons and boobies. <laughs> we need That's to throw in a cool. few of those scenes. That's what the show's all about. That's what brings in the fans, people. Dragons and boobs here. That should that should be the underscore of the show. Game of Thrones. Dragons and boobs. <laughs> Dragons and boobies. <laughs> so. So uh, it's this issues guy. Boobies and dragons are coming. (laughs) It's some uh, it's some girl telling a story or uh, this guy that uh, Davos was talking about telling a story to some uh, hookers. And it's a story that every pirate tells these girls. They know the story. And uh, Davos walks in there and kind of blows up his spot and basically just cons this guy or puts him up against a rock against a hard place and makes him join the Stannis's army as a. uh, We've seen this guy before. He was in season Last season, mm-hmm. or at the beginning of the season, we see him. Stannis is making deals with him about when they win, how he'll be lavished with all this riches and wealth. And of course, they get slaughtered on the black water. Mm-hmm. This guy Salas is on the pirate. He loses a bunch of his ships in the process and fleet. So he's trying to rebuild after that too. And he abandons Stannis completely at that point. And he's been up in Bravos or wherever doing his pirate thing. You're no friend of mine. You're no friend of mine. And uh, that that's basically what came of came of all of that. Uh, yeah, if you're asking me to do more of this stuff, then you're not my friend. Yep. My, my friend wouldn't ask me to go do this foolish war. And because ultimately, as smart as Davos is, and as much as he seems to be able to look at things legitimately, his best bet would be to get the hell out of there. Well, at this point, he's he's got to almost wipe his hands of Stannis at this point. I, I would think. I mean, I know he believes he's the rightful king and everything like that. And Stannis is, I guess, Stannis is, has the most legitimate claim. If we want to look at this thing, if we want to cut through all the bullshit, Stannis is, is the, Stannis and Danny have the well, most, have the, the biggest, biggest About claims. Stannis' rightful claim, he doesn't really have a rightful claim. So who has the biggest claim, you say, Danny? I say Tommen, because ultimately it's not, there is no proof of the incest it's only rumor it's only conjecture it's like the bank said a jealous a jealous uncle taking it out trying to trying to win the throne for himself that's what it's about it's not ultimately there is no proof there's no dna testing there's no paternity test you know whose fault this is anybody goes and looks it up in these books like ned or supposedly john aaron did to get himself killed there's no proof Tolman is the rightful heir you know whose fault this is this is ned stark's fault he should have just told Robert on his deathbed because Ned knew the truth and Ned and Ned wanted to save Robert in those last moments of his life. Robert should have been using those last moments of his life to make sure each one of those children died a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ki- I mean, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean? He, he should, those kids should have been long gone. And that- and, that, and and Ned knew that that's what would have happened if he had. Told I know. Him. I know. That's the that's my point. That's why Ned didn't do anything because he's he too- would have had, he would have had Cersei. But and then I got to say this. How does nobody know? How did they bullshit? They kept it that secret. You know, like one they, they screw in Winterfell once and they get caught but but you get the feeling like it isn't a secret everybody knows 
Well, I got a feeling that at least Varys and Baelish should have known. I, you get a feeling that they did. I mean, if if this rumor is stretching all the way over to Bravos, where they know of this, well, stuff. no, no, no. At this point, there was already the the note that went out to everybody. No, okay, yeah. Stannis it's, wrote a big a big diatribe and sent it crows everywhere. It's saying, already yeah, it's already been posted on the Westeros Craigslist and stuff. Right. right. Yeah, every, everyone's read the message board. Yeah, the manifesto has been put out. It's out there. So let's get this part over with. We're all, we we go to Theon's sister Yara reading uh, Ramsey's letter, rereading Ramsey's letter about uh, all the ironborn scumbags can go back to uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and and this this whole part's uh, counterbalanced with uh, Ramsey having sex with some girl. And uh, and and we get off to, uh, we finally get to see Theon Greyjoy. And Theon's, uh, he's, uh, he's sleeping with a dog. She gets there, her and her whole group of ironborn, they storm the Dreadfort. And they're going to save Theon, and they get there and they ask, "Where's Theon?" They, but but Theon's not in the dungeon. Nope, nope, nope. Theon, I, excuse me, Reek is sleeping with the dogs. That's where he is. He's sleeping in the dog cage, and he sees them as she walks up to him, and she, he gets scared just like a dog. He backs off. He doesn't want to go with her. He doesn't. He thinks it's a trick. He's he starts barking at her. No, he's not Theon Greyjoy. He well, he's Reek. I, I, My name's Reek. I've always been Reek, Joe. Joe, I've always been Reek. He, he has always been Reek. But I got to say this, too. Like, as far as he's always been Reek, there was a pretty impassioned speech given by his sister uh, after reading that letter and seeing the mutilated parts of her brother being sent in the mail. But I got to say, the Ironborn, the, the, these Krakens, we shall not sow, there are a bunch of whipping stones. Pan oh, my God. <laughs> They're the foot whole soldiers. lot of them can't do anything right. No, they're they're, they're horrible. Right down from Balon Greyjoy's failed rebellion <laughs> against Robert and Ned to the sons' mess up, fuck up of a of a of a whatever he did in Winterfell that caused that to get burned down. Train right down to this scene here. They're, they're the uh, Washington generals of Westeros. They're the guys that the oh. Globetrotters beat. The, everybody beats the crap out of them. Oh, it's awful. And they think they're so tough and badass. And these like like natural born pirates that are all about the Iron Islands. And it's just it's horse crap. They raid little villages along the coastline where there are no soldiers. And as soon as there are soldiers, they get their asses handed to them. In repeatedly. In fairness, though, Yara kicks a mass. She, she's she's pretty tough. She she yeah. she takes down a bunch of them, a bunch of Bolton men. She she uh she whips a mass, and uh, Ramsey and the 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 Ironborn they face off. But Ramsey's just insane. He's jumping around there like George the Animal steal around the ring, like his shirts off. Yeah, he's, he's everybody scared. else is yeah. in armor and he's just dancing around, stabbing yeah. oh, with, his, with his axe and knife or double dagger or yeah. whatever. It's it was. gonna be a good day. Yeah, he's he's psyched. He's so happy. This guy. He's he's got Klingon blood inside him. He's feeling and, the bloodlust. And while this is all going on, Theon, the little friggin' reek, is just begging to get back in his cage. Let yeah. me go. Let me go. Let me go. And when he finally does break loose, he jumps right back in his cage. Yeah, he and cowers. He bites her hand and he cowers yeah. back in his cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And uh, and and she says she says, let my brother go. Uh, and, and she says, oh, you're his brother. You have bigger balls than he ever did. <laughs> and, and you ask basically says to him, you 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 ask, him, does he want to go? And she looks at him and just kind of notices that he doesn't want to go. And he goes to unlock all the dogs to charge at the remaining ironborn there. And they just get out of there. And she says her brother is dead. Her brother's gone. Yep. And she gives up. And she gives up again. She gives up. She was right there. Okay, let's. I mean, come on. If she really wanted to just grab him and take him, just put a cloak over his head and reprogram him. Theon doesn't. Oh. See, Theon doesn't seem like the type of guy that has a lot of mind of his own. Whoever he's around, he's going to become like. He's around the Starks. He he talks about honor. He's on his own around the Greyjoys. He becomes like an asshole that has to go and try to sack Winterfell. And he's with uh, Ramsay. He becomes Ramsay's little bitch boy. And if he went back to the, you know, I mean, he's just he's a, a social chameleon. He's easily programmable. He's not the brightest bulb in Westeros. <laughs> the, the he did a good job. He did a, he did a real good job. The I, actor, I wish I could remember his name right now, the actor's name. But oh, he did ama a, amazing he's doing tonight. A fabulous job in this role. This was this was the best episode he's ever acted in because he really played the. I feel like in our our. our other performances or other times bumping into uh, Theon tonight 
Artheon or Reek since the transformation hasn't been as clear as it was tonight. I mean, you it did... is. It's perfectly clear now. Theon Greyjoy did not exi- does not exist anymore. He is Reek. He's not Theon Greyjoy. So, and when we have after he's when he gets his reward in the next scene. Yeah. So so Reek and uh, Ramsay uh, in the next scene and. And he says, I have a gift for you because uh, when those creatures came to get you, you didn't want to go. And he's like, no, I didn't want to go. I was scared. Yes, yes. And he got him a prize. And the prize is... Remember, I've always been Reek. I've always been Reek again. Yeah, I, he got him a prize. And the prize that he got him was a bath. He's going to take a bath. And uh, Theon goes and he takes off his clothes. And right when he takes off his pants, uh, <laughs> just the look on Ramsay's face. The, he stares this, right down at the mutilated cock. Big smile like this, like the Joker smile, like... This guy would play a good Joker. He has he has uh, he has that kind of smile. I could see him in a future I, future. I gotta say, have you seen the meme that's going around the internet with uh you know it says it's got a I lost my hand and it shows a picture of it's a comparison between Star Wars and and Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, I lo- you lost your father. I lost my balls. Something like that. Something <laughs> yeah, no, you lost. I lost my hand. It says to Anakin. Then it's like I lost my hand. It shows. It shows. Uh, Luke, and then it shows I lost my hand, and it shows Jamie, and then it shows just Theon with a <laughs> yeah, underneath the three of them with the <laughs> and it shows Ramsey shaking the sauce, shaking the sausage. <laughs> so, so Ramsey gets in the bath, and Ramsey like bathes him, treats him really like his pet. Ramsey asks him if he loves him. Do you love me, Theon? It was it was a real it was a real warm scene. He he treats that dog good. That's I mean he treats that dog better than his other dogs. I don't. I bet he doesn't bathe his other dogs like that. Oh, that's his. That is absolutely his favorite pet. Yeah, that's Lassie. I mean, Theon is Lassie. <laughs> he's gonna get him to do all sorts of great tricks. Yeah, Ramsey's stuck in a well. And he says, he says, listen, Ramsey's stuck in a well here, Theon. I mean, uh, Reek. I need you to play a character. I need you to yeah, go take teach a, him a new trick. I need you to go take a castle for me. Uh, you you know how to fight. Go take a castle for me. We're going to clean you all up, and you're going to play a part. You're going to play the part of Theon Greyjoy. Do we know what castle he's talking about yet? Um, No, I don't think so. We don't know yet. I I think it's um up north, the one that Asha had taken at the start of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or I don't, I don't want to say anything because I have a feeling I think I might know who it is, but I don't want to risk it being a spoiler. So, uh, so after this scene, we go to, we go to uh, the goats, <laughs> and we see goats, and we see a little boy. We'll talk after the episode, Joe. Uh, we, 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 we see, uh, we see goats and a little boy. This little boy doesn't seem like the nicest guy. He's throwing rocks at the goats, and he's throwing rocks at his uh, dad. Or whatever, you know. Th- this kid, I-, I was wondering what we're doing with this kid. He- he just- was that now? I thought that was at the beginning of the episode. No, no, this was right after the Theon stuff. And That's all I could. Re- I- everything. Oh wow. That's because everything that happened before this point in this episode. I- yeah, yeah, kind of just disappeared once this happened. Once this happened, because from this point on, the episode shit got real. <laughs> yeah, that was. You, you people have been begging. For this. Where are the dragons? Where are the dragons? We want where to... are the dragons? Okay. You want to know where the dragons have been? They've been killing goats and and whoever else are around the goats. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I could be corrected. Please correct me in the comment section. I know you guys will. Oh, no, no, no. The dragon thing did happen at the beginning. This is with Daenerys now. The guy comes in. No, no. This is the dragon uh, to the goats. The boys throwing rocks to the goats. And the dragon shows up and burns the farm down and takes the sheep. And uh, like I said, guess where we know where the dragons. And th- and right after this, we go to the Tower of Marine, where we see that J- da- Daenerys has another has another new title. <laughs> She's Queen of Marine now too, to go with uh, the the rest of the list of uh, uh, her names. Yeah, th- well, this this was great too because uh, we heard a lot of people with a lot of titles and a lot of the same titles getting getting you know put upon everybody. Yeah, like uh, King of the Andals was given to Daenerys, was given to Toman a little later, and was given to Stannis while he was at the Iron Bank. You know, that, like, just to show us still that they're still all claiming this this crown. So the guy whose farm got destroyed comes and presents what I thought, and this is where I can be corrected in the comment section, I'm pretty sure he pr- presented what was left of his child right there and said, the dragons came for my sheep and killed my child. I'm not offended, but now I have nothing left. And... 
And whether it was just the sheep or anything, the point of the scene is she gives him three times the worth of his uh, of his sheep. And he seems really excited. Sun dying or not. Yeah, no, that's why the sun didn't die. Because you can't, there's no three times the worth of my child. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, I'll watch that. I'll hold that off for my uh, rewatch. And what some of the people in the comments have to say. Because I, because how I, I, I read that scene that he said his son died. And I actually rewinded it once a little bit. And I'm pretty sure he said, this is what's left of my son. But I could, again, I could be wrong. So, so she says, send in the next one. And it's uh, this guy, Hizadar, I think his name was. And he asks to talk to her and uh, or his servant asks or kind of introduces him. And, and Danny goes, well, why can't he talk for himself? She just starts preying on this guy. And this guy basically is asking uh, one of the nobles that were killed by by her when she comes in to the to the ones that were put on spikes in front of everybody. One of them, this guy's father, was the head of the, like the cultural committee of Marine. And he was actually against what they did to the slave kids, apparently, according to his son. And he, he said that the dad called it an illegal act, an illegal act. And he was really pissed. And he seemed to be really pissed off at Danny. And Danny was kind of giving him some shit back and forth. And and she's, he's just like, can I take my dad off and can I go bury him so he can face some solace in this life for the next life? Please, yeah, Queen. This character is really good in the books, too. This guy's a real slick talker. You know, he's he's into he talks a good game, but he's into some some sick shit, too. Yeah. And you get you you def I think you get the feeling you get the feeling that he's a slick talker because of just the way he he ends up basically getting getting what he wants here. And I think it's interesting. Well, kind of. He at one point he asks for all 162 or 63 of them to be taken down. They're still rotting. They're still carrying on the spikes along the, you know, out in the court or whatever. He wants them all to be taken down and given a good burial. But I'm pretty sure she only gives permission for him to take just his dad down. I think I think one interesting line that he says to her that kind of or what how, how would you feel to see something like that happen to your family? How would you like to see your family be? thrown around or horrible things happen and she knows that she she saw her father die or no she wasn't alive when her father died. Her, her brother her brother she saw her brother die and she at least heard the legends of what what in her mind robert did to her father i and what robert did to her brother and to her brother so she what jamie as, did to her father what robert did to her brother her brother i just mean by rebelling uh, in general what the mountain did to her nef- niece and nephew yeah so she then, knows uh, my series told her all of those stories constantly Okay, so so after this point, we uh, she said she sends this guy out or uh, and says he can have his father, and she says, "Well, who? How many? Uh, how many more do we have?" Uh, kind of like Don Corleone at his daughter's wedding. She's she's just sitting there. She she wants to know how many more people she needs to talk to to learn how to govern. How many more, Joe? In two thousand and twelve, more people waiting to talk to the queen today, and she just says like, almost like a comedy movie. Next. And we just get the feeling like this is this is going to be a long, long day. Yeah. And 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 is this just going to be uh, is this just going to be Danny for the rest of the year? Or is she is she just going to be sitting on that throne dealing with those 212? It's like when Jim Carrey became uh, became God and he has to answer all the emails from people's wishes and stuff. Well, and it, she's got a little bit of a problem. She just sent one of the one of the first ones, the guy with the sheep says, oh, the dragons burned my sheep. She says, OK, triple the damages. He probably ran outside, cheering his his little his little bean off. Triple damages! You gonna imagine all the people that are gonna come in now and claim that you know so much more, so much more destruction, and beg for so much more to hope to get now? Yeah, people are she gonna just open a can of worms. People are gonna burn down their own livestock just to get money from uh, Daenerys. Well, that's an expensive an expensive precedent. That's all. So, you know. So after all of this, and it's in the Daenerys stuff was interesting. Just just because she is, she's putting herself through the paces of learning how to rule. So yeah. she, she's running for college president of the of the council before she runs for real office there. She's student she, council president. Yeah, student council president here in Marine. And she's going to do a good job at student council president here. But we didn't get any. Uh, we did. We we did get to see Barrison and we did get to see Jorah, but we did not get to see any Dario or uh, Grey Worm tonight. 
And here we go to my here the start. Well, I think we didn't we didn't get any Dario or Grey Worm partly because we got that guy that came in to um to beg for his dad to come off the spike. He becomes he's going to be a uh large he's going to have a larger role coming up. So I think they were trying to reduce the amount of faces around Daenerys for the moment to introduce him. And I have to thank the show because I don't like the casting of new Dario keeping Dario out of there. You know, keeping the new Dario at a minimum so far. I'm I'm happy about that. Because uh because of the just because of the googly eyes that him and Danny have been sending back and forth to but each he, other. But he should be doing that with the old Dario. What's what's what is it with the new Dario that you don't like? I feel like they don't have chemistry yet. I, I don't buy it. I don't want to get this into it. We could do a whole podcast on what I don't like about new See, Dario. I didn't like the new casting of the new mountain when they recast the mountain. I was very upset about that. And then I didn't mind so much by the end of it. But now I think I hear that they've recasted the mountain a third time. Maybe we'll, we'll see if that because I'm sure we'll I'm I'm hoping we get to see the mountain at some point this season. So we'll see. We'll see about that. So we go to what comes to my favorite section of this episode. I honestly think this little scene here might have been my favorite part of the whole episode next to the trial at the end. The new small console. The uh, Red Vipers there. He's complaining that uh, that all the meetings going to be this early because we know he's been out late night uh, having fun. He doesn't want to get up early in the morning. And uh, he goes, does this mean I'm the master of something? Am I the master of the coin? Am I the master of ship? Am I, am I the master bait or what? Am I the master of something going on here? <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, Lord Tyrell, Mace Tyrell's, oh, no, no, Tywin said I'm already the master of yada, yada, yada. So uh, we, we get a feeling like Mace Tyrell kisses Tywin's ass big time. Yeah, he does. Big time. He absolutely does. His, his mother, we've met her. Uh, she's the one that killed Joffrey. Mm-hmm. She's the real brains behind the whole operation. Yeah, he's, he just seems like a big dumbass. And he is a big dumbass, and you, you, we're going to have the feeling, or at least I'm getting the feeling, that even though he knows that... Um, I can't remember what the lady's name is. So character's t- name is. Lady Elena? She's, she's in charge, but... Wait, Lady Elena? whispers in his ear and gets him to do a lot of what he wants him to do as well. Yeah, he's he's just a puppet between Tywin and Lady Elena. So Tywin already decided, uh, oh, I'm the master. So Tywin says the trial needs to begin. And this is when uh, finally we get we get some Varys. Varys uh, basically is on top of it all. He 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 knows what Littlefinger's been up to. Uh, he doesn't say anything about Littlefinger directly, but he knows where Sansa is. He says that Sansa uh, Sansa is at the uh, is as was seen near the Erie. And he also talks about the Hound killing soldiers, what we saw about the uh, the Hound soldiers and uh, something about fucking the phrase men. And uh, Tywin says, eh, send 100 soldiers to the area. No worry about that. Just send 100 soldiers to the area. That, that, that should be enough to check it out. And then Varys gets into telling them everything about Danny. She has three dragons. She has uh, 9,000 9, soldiers. She has the second sons. She has three dragons. And Cersei seems to be the one that it's like, eh, she's a child. What she could do with baby dragons? They can't do anything. You don't have bigger to bigger every year. Bigger every year. And it, he goes on. He's like, and she he has she has two knights at her council. She has Lord Jorah and she has uh Barristan. And, and they kind of dismiss Jorah. They dismiss Jorah, but but Barristan, they're like, uh, seriously, like he's just an old man. And and Tywin's like, no, Joffrey wasn't dumbass for dumbass for what he did there. Joffrey never should have sent him away. He's a badass. Everybody knows he's a badass. He's going to be a badass till the day he dies. Haven't you seen uh, Mr. Miyagi or uh, Splinter from Ninja Turtles? The, the old men that know how to fight can fight till the day they die. Barristan Selmy said it himself. There's nobody better at single combat than him. He's it would never lost. It would be interesting to see uh, Jamie at his best, at his prime, versus versus Barristan as prime. Barristan Selmy would 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 spank him. Spank him, you think? Spank him. Spank him. Okay, interesting. So, so Cersei, I just want to tell Cersei to shut the hell up in this whole scene. Barristan badass Selmy. That's the that's the uh, MMA name he goes by. <laughs> Now, uh, now, Red Viper busts in here and says, the Unsullied aren't to be trifled with. You need to watch out for these guys. These guys are badasses. They can kick some ass. And, uh, and then Tywin steps up right away and says, listen, guys, dragons are dangerous. 
I know I dragons are freaking dangerous. This needs to be dealt with. And then he goes, Mace Terrell, go, go, go get me my pad and go get me my coffee and my, uh, and my piss pot, piss boy, get over here. And, uh, and, and he talks about and starts to get into his, probably whatever the, his plan is to deal with Danny. I, I wonder if that's going to, uh, pan out by the end of the year, whatever Tywin is planning to do about, uh, the Daenerys situation. I, I I always love when these two stories cross over. When we have King's Landing stuff interacting with Daenerys stuff, and it makes I, I think it makes a lot of people happy because I think a lot of people really want her to cross over cross over to Westeros already. So yeah, they do. so we get to I know I know I I've been waiting for it since since season since one. The day they poured that gold on her friggin' brother's head. Yeah, the crown. So we go to a shot of the throne with uh, Varys and the Red Viper, and uh, Vi- Red Viper calls him Lord. And he's like, "No, don't call me Lord. Uh, uh, I'm, there's no Lord." And he's like, "There's no Lords where I'm from either." And he's like, "How do you know about the Unsully?" Uh, Red Viper's like, "I like to travel. I like to get around." And it's just Varys kind of. Sh- it's both of them just sizing up each other, seeing where each other's at, and this in at this point. Uh, seeing if they're allies, seeing if they're enemies, it, that seems to just be the whole whole thing. And uh, he he asks Varys if Varys is into boys, and Varys is like, no, never into boys, never into girls either. And uh, I find that wants cloud people's vision from what they what really they should strive for. And then he kind of opens gl- up time to strive for more than just your desires of flesh. Less distractions. Less distractions. And then he looks at the Iron Throne. So is Varys? Well, he, he is asked straight out, and what does, and and what is it you do desire then? And that's when he glances back at the Iron over the shoulder at the Iron Throne. So very is, telling. Uh, I don't know if he wants it for himself. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Is Var is Varys and Littlefinger both sides of the same coin? Do they both want it all at and stop at nothing? It's it's Varys showed himself it, very interesting. He's he has some other agenda that's going on that we don't know about. There's there's some things going on here, and we also found out in the little console scene, a small console scene, made that point right there. Yeah, to remind you of that. I, yeah. I, I feel like that might pay off later. Yeah, that'll pay off later. So we go to Jamie, and Jamie seen, is sitting outside the door of you don't know what it is right away, but you can pretty much tell it is the dungeon. And uh, he opens the door, and it's Tyrion, and and Tyrion, Tyrion, straight right away, like Woo-hoo! standing. You're letting me go. Yeah, let me think. Uh, let me guess. I'm being paroled. Really? Pardon. Yeah. I'm a, and they put him in chains, and Tyrion's like, "Really? You're really worried? Know, right? <laughs> you're worried about me?" He's like, "Father's with my 12 inch stride, full run." <laughs> uh, father's orders. Well, if father says so, then let's do it. And they march into, they march him in, and then someone from the back, like the the crowd heckling him, someone from the back yells Kingslayer. How do you think Jamie felt about that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the Kingslayer brothers. Jamie's like, hey, hey, man, come on, I'm right here. Could you wait for me not to be in the room? In this corner, the Slayer brothers. <laughs> and, we, and we see uh, Tommen on the throne with uh, Tywin right next to him, and uh, they take Ty, uh, Tyrion takes the cuffs off and he goes into stand trial. And uh, Tommen gives him, I'm uh, Tommen of the House Baratheon, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Same exact speech they, that that uh, Davos said about Stannis. Yeah, and he, and he recuses himself from the trial. Uh, and he's, he's going to leave his father, Hand of the King, in charge, as along with Mace Tyrell and uh, the Red Viper over there. And... And he doesn't look too happy about this whole situation. Again, again, uh, he seems like a really good kid. He, I think he really loves his uncle. I think, I think. I, think I kind he, of expected him to go up to his uncle there and, and tell him that or tell him that he loved him. I more. think he did with his eye. I think he did with his eyes. Tyrion's smart enough to, to read into his little, little nephew's face and how sad he looked in that moment. Like, you felt bad. It was almost like, it was almost like Sir Pounce, you know, was sick in the tummy, had a fur ball and he, he just, he just seemed so sad. Oh, Sir Pounce. <laughs> Did you see Tywin though? Right then, he glanced back at the throne. He couldn't wait to sit his ass. Oh yeah, he looked so comfortable in oh. there too. And then we get Cersei chopping at the bitch. She can't wait to get to him. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get have me some dwarf meat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tywin takes the throne, 
Uh, did you kill Joffrey? No. Did Sansa kill Joffrey? No. How did Joffrey? Not jo- that I know of. Yeah, not that I know of. How did he die? Well, he choked on a pigeon pie. Do you think the bakers did it? Well, maybe the bakers or the pigeons. Just leave One me. Or the other. Yeah, just leave me the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they call a witness uh, the former. I don't know this guy's name, but he was the guy that was the head of the King's Guard before Jamie got back. Marin Trent. Marin Trent. He's the one. He's the one that um, they talked about last week. Oh, that, with Arya. Uh, Yep. Ari was that Arya's, Ar- that oh, killed do, do you know why I don't recognize this guy? Because he was played by a different actor in season one, right? Uh, maybe. I think he was I played by the same guy. I'll check on that. And uh, so we, so he basically, he basically says everything that Tyrion said about Joffrey. He he reports the truth that that Tyrion many times called out Joffrey for being an idiot. Well, the, the funny thing here is all the way up until all the witnesses that are called all the way up until we get to Shay, it's all the truth. Yeah. There's nothing embellished. And yep. most of the stuff that Shay says isn't embellished either. No, it's just it's just phrased at, from a certain angle. And, right. and and she does lie about a couple of things, which, of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Embellishing that much worse. So so he so he starts saying all these things that Tyrion said about Joffrey. And uh, and he's like, why don't you... And Tyrion stops him and goes, why, why, don't you t- why don't you say what Joffrey was doing this time? He had a bow and arrow to Sansa's head. And Sansa's head... And he, he was beating her. He was beating her. He, he had some small animals he was torturing at the same time. He had a small <laughs> dire wolf that he was that he was penetrating. Yeah, from the, yeah. Sir Pounce's ass. Yeah, exactly. He was doing. Do real, we realize what kind of person this was? And he, speaking of what kind of person he was, we go to Pizel. This stuff was hilarious. So Pizel, who's the, who's the slimiest son of a bitch on the planet, we've missed a little bit of him this season. He he plays this Shit character who covered scrotum. He is. Yeah, he he just says he says yeah yeah T- Tyrion stole the poison the poison uh it it, it red viper yeah you made your point there's a lot you have a lot of poisons and yeah, Oberon is just kind of he's sitting there this whole time Oberon is just like what a, he he's sitting there acting like it's the farce that it is <laughs> the the funniest part of this was uh because I could just go over what uh Pizel said but basically he just talks about the kind of poison that was used backs up Littlefinger's story of how it was planted they found the they found the knight the the uh the jester knight guy and uh the poison they found the really horrible poison and the necklace traces of it on the necklace and Pizel says that that Tyrion should be punished because he murdered the most noble child that the gods ever put onto this earth he's talking about Joffrey and and you could almost hear everyone in the room laugh even Tywin had like almost goes <laughs> this guy's such bullshit speaking Quite of a bit over the top Speaking of bullshit, Cersei comes up there and she she says that story again that she holds on to uh, that that uh, Tyrion said he'll get her one day and she'll know it when she's gone. My joy will turn to ashes in my mouth. Yeah. And at this point is when this, the gears, I mean, Jamie's a smart guy, but he's not the brightest bulb in the sky either. So right now is when Jamie finally starts just like being like, I'm a, I'm done with this shit. This is just the biggest bullshit trial I've ever seen in my life. This is this is horrible. This is war. This is this is really bad. And you can just see the look at his face. He knows his sister well. He knows she planned everyone, everything that's happening in this trial. She planned. It's it's just stinks of her. And uh, and so Cersei gives her a little speech. And then uh, Mr. Varys comes up there and he confirms some more of the things. And he really knows how to play the game. He know the spider knows how to survive knows how to hook into the right situation and no matter what he does he'll find a way to survive and uh and he talks about how uh just that just that there was a witness and talks about how uh maybe about about how Sanser uh became more sympathetic of a figure that because he fell in love with her uh, Tyrion became more sympathetic of the north's plight and and Tyrion goes, wait a second, Varys. I have one question for you. Father, can I ask Varys one question? You once said that the city would face certain defeat if, and history would never mention me. Have you forgotten about me? And Varys replies, sadly, my lord, I don't forget about anything. It was, it was an interesting line, especially for Varys to admit in public like that. So he does, rem- he does, he basically said to the court right there, yes, Tyrion did save the city. And it's just interesting that he would he would put himself out like that for Tyrion right there. I thought I thought that was very I thought that was an interesting moment. 
I said I'd have to do a complete rewatch, but I'm sure he's referring to more than just that to Tyrion. I think he's referring to one of the conversations they had somewhere along the line, more than just that part, or maybe it was even that conversation, but more than just that part of the conversation. I really think Varys is referring to something more than that. Mm -hmm. And I get, and I really believe him when he says that he forgets nothing. Yeah, he doesn't I believe that he's got some sort of photographic kind of memory where he just doesn't whatever idactic, didactic, whatever the frick it is memory where he doesn't forget anything. I would not want to play poker against this guy. He's going to remember every single one of your moves and motions and every hand and every tell. And uh, and, and Jamie at this point's had enough because he can read right through this bullshit. And uh, Jamie goes every, back. Everybody can. There's, there's not a single soul on, <laughs> as Pycelle put it, this God's good earth <laughs> that doesn't see what bullcrap this whole thing is to begin with. So... It really is laughable. It's it's actually very laughable. So so uh, Jamie goes in and talks to uh, talks to uh, Tywin and goes, "You're gonna you're gonna condemn my own brother to death. This is not a trial. This is a joke. Cersei did all this." And Tywin goes, "He killed the king." And Jamie interrupts him, "I killed the king, and I killed the king yeah, to save he you." He doesn't say no. He didn't kill the king no, either. Though he, he doesn't, doesn't like. And I think he does believe that Tyrion did not kill the king, but he doesn't argue that against against you know to Tywin he doesn't argue the point and this is this is where I think Jamie overplayed his or to to quote uh, the episode he over, oh of course he did because he overplayed Tyr his hand he majorly Tywin says straight out we're not gonna kill him he's gonna get his just, just punishment. punishment he even interrupts him he when Jamie goes he'll be killed and he goes no just punishment and then Jamie right. yeah Jamie was stupid here Jamie offered up way too much here like Tywin was like he was like it was like watching a, like the cartoons. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yeah. yes, no. Oh, oh! It's like Jamie's not even playing the same game. You know, it's like a different sport. Yeah, right. It really is. And you're, you're, like, you, you, Jamie almost is like, oh, I did it. You know, like. I think Jamie might think for a second that he beat Tywin there. He does, he <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I got what I wanted. Yes. And Tywin's just sitting there going, what a joke. So, so Jamie offers up, he goes, he, Jamie completely ignores basically Tywin giving him the biggest wink, wink, nudge, nudge ever in the world. Don't worry, he's not dying to say, listen, father, I'll give you everything you want. What about the, he's, you once said to me family was the most important thing. If he, Tyrion dies, he's not going to die. If Tyrion dies, you, you'll, you'll lose everything. How about this? How about I leave the King's Guard and go to Casterly Rock and become your heir? How, give you your heirs. Who's it going to be otherwise? Uh, one of one one of my cousin the Lannister yeah. the other Lannister that was screwing yeah uh, Ty, Ty, no Tyrell Lannister no uh what the hell was his name oh I forget his name Lancel Lancel like a comment thread about it from one of our other casts too Lancel Lannister Lancel. is his name yeah who's it gonna be Lancel Lannister or some other Tywin we don't even remember the name. Tywin cousin, we don't even yeah, remember the yeah, name of. That you don't even remember the name of. So Jamie goes, I will leave the King's Guard if you promise me Tyrion will live. And Tywin's like, doesn't even wait a sec. He's like, really? Yep. Okay. And J Jamie's like, yes. Uh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Tywin jumps out. He's like, he's like, deal. Deal. Yeah. Oh shit. And then Tywin's like, yep. Your brother's gonna claim for mer gonna call for mercy at one point in time, and I'm gonna send him to the black. And he yep. he doesn't really say. I was going to do this the whole time, but it's, he almost he gets, to. you can see it in his face. He wants to, he goes, he goes, you idiot. Yeah. He just I wants to, we were going to do that in five seconds. Are you ago. really my son, Jamie? Are you really this big of a dumbass? It's, it's that moment, that moment where he's like, thank God I have Tyrion. Tyrion, at least Tyrion would be able to figure this out. You know, for, for the first time in his life, he's glad Tyrion's his son right there. He's like, at least one of my kids isn't a dumbass. <laughs> he's like red foreman right there. Shut up. You dumbass. <laughs> so uh so jamie brings Tyrion aside and he go before the trial starts again he goes you're gonna be found guilty no more shit be be quiet and when it gets to the point in the end of the trial beg for for beg for mercy and dad will let you go to the wall and uh Tyrion goes well i i don't buy this i i don't think this will really that's happen what they said for yeah, Ned. that's what they said for ned stark and he goes listen dad's not joffrey <laughs> and, and i this is a fair point 
Tywin, Tywin, well, I don't think Tywin would screw him, screw Jamie in this situation. He already screwed Jamie over. He's got well, everything he wants there. Tywin didn't just throw Tyrion into the ocean when he was a baby, so. And that's what I was saying last week, too. He, it, it seems to me that if Tywin's ultimate goal was to kill Tyrion, he had plenty of better opportunities to do it. He doesn't want Tyrion to die because it's all about the family. Tyrion still is a Lannister. He can do something if he dies in battle. Like when he had the mountain men, when you know, in that battle in season one, when he first meets Shay. If he dies then, that's good for the family. Absolutely. If someone hits him with an axe in the middle of the night while he's sleeping under <laughs> on the Tywin's roof. Not so good for the family. So no more. He mo dies a traitor, uh, with getting his head cut off for killing his nephew. Not good for the family. Yeah, though people will probably remember that for a while. Years from now, better for the family. <laughs> priceless priceless so, <laughs> so, so no more outbursts the trial will be over soon uh just just be cool Tyrion. just be cool chill so uh so let's call the next no, no, and he says and he says do you trust me yeah do you trust me yeah do, and Tyrion shakes his head yeah Tyrion, says, yeah, yeah he trusts trust him he's the only person he trusts Except maybe yeah. he trusts Bronn too but i'd say jamie and Bronn are the only two people Tyrion has left that he can trust or that he feels like he can trust. So, so the next witness comes up, and yep, mm-hmm, yep, it's Shay. Of course it is. It's Shay. And uh, Are you sure you got her out of the city? Yep. Mm, but did, did she get taken back? Like, I'm sure we'll find this all out next week, but Tywin says, state your name, and uh, she swears in. She swears to tell the real truth and nothing but the truth. She was the, uh, the, the hair maiden for Sansa and for uh, Tyrion, and uh, she knows that Tyrion's guilty. Uh, him so, and... Now, this is the last witness, correct? It's the last witness, yep. So, it... now, were you kind of, there's no brawn. There's no brawn. His right hand man for the last couple of years, they don't, they don't call to the witness stand at all. No, and I'm wondering where Braun is. That it's very curious that and we don't see him in the courtroom. I, I didn't think of, I honestly didn't think about that while I was watching the episode. But now you say that it was very interesting that he was nowhere at the trial. Did he leave with? Did he leave at the same time Pod left, thinking that we need to get out of here because anyone loyal to Tyrion needs to just get the hell out? Is he was he somewhat responsible for getting Shay to be brought back? Or well, according to what we knew last, he was the last one to know where she went, what boat she got on, and where she went to. So that's a good possibility. Yeah, this is this is very peculiar right here. So uh, so he so she knows she knows that uh, that they planned this together that she wanted revenge for everything that happened to her father and he was happy to help because uh, he, because uh, she hated the because because he hated his own family hated his sister hated his father and she helped or he stole the poison for her and she put it in the wine and uh, and. Why would she? Why would she know this? How would she know this? How, like she would need to be closer. Oberon, Oberon asked this. How would you? How do you know this? And she said, "Well, I was also his whore. <laughs> his whore. He stole me. He sent a cutthroat into the tent and said, you belong to me. You're going to fuck that, me.' That like backs up Cersei's testimony about how Tyrion kept whores in the in the chamber of the king's hand as well. You know." Which was unsubstantiated until because nobody knew anything about that until this moment, and Shay basically backs up the fact that I was a whore and I was kept at the chamber of the king's hand, tower of the king's hand. Yep, you say you wanna, you said fuck me like it's my last night in the world, and stole me, stole me is the stole words me. that yep. she used. Yep, and said that to me, which part of this is true, and I think it was very interesting that the Red Viper raises his hand at this point because everyone laughs after he says after she says that, and he needs. And well, to get, did he? Yeah, well, did he? It gets. Or did you? And, and then she she seems stifled by this a little bit. She's like, well, uh, well, I did everything he wanted to. I let him kiss me where he wanted to kiss me. I touched him. I was his property. He could use me. I sat in his room when he was bored. Uh, I called him my li his my lion because he wanted me to. Um, put it where he wanted to put it. I told you I was you I was his and he was mine. And he goes Shay, please, and like please Shay. And she says stop. just stop. stop. And she says. I'm a. She turns to him with cold eyes. I'm a whore. Remember, I'm Sometimes just a whore. Sometimes White Fang comes back and bites you right in the ass. Uh huh. 
all he wanted to do was ha was have sex with Lady Stark and she wouldn't let him in his bed. And and she said, I will do you if you do in King Joffrey. And he said, OK, because he's a he's a little sex pot. And that's all he cares about. And uh, yep. And and that's it. And he interrupts her and says, I wish to confess this is probably it of all the great things that Peter Dinklage has done on the show. This monologue, this whole speech right here might have been my favorite thing Peter Dinklage has ever done. It well, it reigns well, so is, true. Everything he says, it's so huge. It's huge. He flips the switch turns. Tyrion doesn't give a shit anymore. He just but it's loses pretty much it. The same thing that he says, only with a completely different attitude. We get we get the same scene from when he was in the Vale. And you know he how he's telling whatever. No, this is uh, different. This is even this is mean. What he says to all these people, this is this is mean, rage. He's, he's a lot more emotional about it. He's a little bit less smug about it. He's been through this once before. But essentially, he gives the same speech. I am guilty. I'm guilty of so many. No, he Joe. I think he takes it a step further because when he gets into the stuff with Tywin, where he's just like, I'm guilty for being a dwarf. That's why I'm. That's why I'm here. I'm guilty for being life, a, my guilty. whole life. He's he's talking right. This he's fighting back for all the years of oppression, all the years that he fought to protect the people in King's Landing from Stannis. When he gets into, I should have let Stannis wipe you people out. He says, I I should have let Stannis. I guess I'm guilty. I'm guilty for not letting Stannis kill each and every single one of you. I've been on trial my whole life. I've uh I should have I should have I did it. Yeah, the whole crowd. <gasps> I should have I didn't kill Joffrey, but I wish I killed that vicious that vicious little bastard. I got, watching him die gave me more joy than a hundred whores. <laughs> I'd watch it again. <laughs> I'd put that on replay in my DVD. I'd sit there and watch that on rinse and repeat. I'd I could watch that over and over again. I have sex to watching Joffrey die. <laughs> And he was just, he was like, I'm the monster you wanted to be. Uh, I didn't, I could watch him spall that poison forever. And then it just gets into kind of where you know this is going. I demand it. Trial by combat. Episode ends. So who's going to be his champion? Is it's Braun? Is Jamie going to fight for him? Well, he asked for Jamie before. And Jamie was too far away. And, and Lysa demanded that he fight now. So Braun stepped up, but oh, I we can't haven't wait. seen Braun in there. Yeah, that's it's probably gonna be Braun. It's probably gonna be Braun. I don't want to get too far into that, but that's gonna be really interesting stuff. Oh my god. Oh, I know who it's probably gonna be, but I'm not gonna say because I've read the books. Yeah, well, we'll be. I kind of, I'm kind of joking around too. I know who it's gonna be I too, know. but I, but I want to keep my mouth <laughs> shut. So, uh, so we, let's read a couple questions we have. Uh, thank you everyone that's been tuning into the episode live. We have, uh, we have a bunch of viewers live. Thank you, thank you very much. The next few minutes, while we're answering a couple other email questions, if you guys have any questions, pop them into the chat room. Or if uh, you listen to this video at any point in time. Please, uh, please comment away. We'll answer your questions or answer your comments during the week. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and like it and tell us what you think. All that fun stuff. Please subscribe. So let's read a couple questions um, or comments. This episode made me sad. I know where this is going and Tyrion is the only, only Lannister that actually has honor. Mm, fair yeah. enough. I don't want to touch that anymore. Any, <laughs> any further. Cer I agree. Cersei and Shay. I never liked the Lannisters, but I really hate them now. So we kind of <laughs> might, we kind of might have felt this was coming because we, we did see that Shay found. I mean, that Cersei found out about Shay a, a bunch of, a few episodes ago. So we knew that something was going to maybe come from this, which was uh, very interesting. I love Tyrion. He's a badass. Shay needs to open her eyes. I don't think Shay's going to be opening her eyes. I I think uh, I think Shay is really bitter and really angry. I think she her paranoia set in once he got married and and any feelings she had has been so clouded by jealousy and and craziness at this point that she would she would almost do anything. And um she didn't like being white fanged. It hurt her a lot and she's going to bite him now. And uh one last one. Apparently everybody should be afraid of dragons. I don't want to know where they've been. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you that that's really good thank you everyone again for tuning in this week we appreciate it we will be back later this week with some more 24 thank you to everyone that's been checking out the 24 cast as well please leave your questions comments anything else in the comment section below 
and or I mean, you just want to leave your comments, but you can leave your blood. If you leave your blood, we'll uh, we'll take that too. <laughs> but no, thank. Don't forget to check out the. Um... Oh yeah, check out the website issuesprogram.com. You can see some of our pre-coverage for Pop Culture Expo that's coming that we'll be uh, covering. We we might get a chance to talk to Hodor. There's no promises, but we're gonna work on uh, getting. That's coming up in two weeks on Memorial Day weekend. Two weeks, yeah. We're, we're at least gonna go to a uh, party that uh, probably that Hodor is going to be DJing at, playing, spinning some house music. So there's, there's at least that. You see his tattoos? He's got those stars. Stars tattooed on his face. He's got a face tattoo. I wonder if in the in the middle of like the house music he's spinning, if he just picks up the mic and just goes, Hodor. I bet Hodor. the whole place I bet the whole place would go freaking crazy. <laughs> I, I know I would I bet he has a track that Hodor is just like Hodor, Dor, Dor, Dor. Hodor, Like just a house track. See you later next week. We're gonna do this for another hour, guys. Talk to you guys later. Hodor, Hodor. Hodor, Hodor.